Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. And if you enjoy listening to our show, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button on the episodes. Finally, aside from our podcast, our day job here at RiderFlex is to provide recruiting, staffing, and consulting services. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get the information on the services we provide. And now, a quick word from our sponsor and friends at Marketing 360. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Man, we should have scheduled this down at Social Capital at your building. Oh, that would have been awesome. That would have been so good. Uh, April Lombados on the Rider Flex podcast. April, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with you today. I want to know all about it, man. I want to know everything. I want to know the growing up. I want to know all the college party stories in Florida. I want to know all of it. <laughs> oh, wow. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's tell the listeners a little about yourself personally, family stuff. How about mom, dad, siblings, where you grew up? You know, a little bit of that real quick first. Go for it. Sure. Um, so I was born and raised down in the Florida Keys on a very small island. Um, I have a twin sister. And so that was an interesting dynamic growing up. And my parents were, they were business owners. They were entrepreneurs. Um, my mom had a real estate company that specialized in vacation rentals in the Keys. Okay. And okay. my father had an auction company. And so he would do... Um, vehicle auctions and just like warehouse garage auctions growing up down on the islands. And um, it was a great opportunity for me to see kind of how to build your own destiny and be your own, be your own boss, I guess, so to speak. Are, are your folks still down there? <laughs> they are not. They're not. As soon as my sister and I graduated high school and went off to University of Florida for college, they Sold the business, sold the house, and sailed off into the <laughs> into the tropics, I guess, on a boat. Oh, oh, no, no joke. Okay. All right. Well, I was gonna say Florida Keys, pretty cool place to live, but there are some downsides too, I guess, you know, with with storms and stuff. I gotta ask you now, when you got a twin sister, so when you were young, teenager, college, like when vacationer, when vacationer yours would come down boys would come down for vacation you guys would see them would you like always play like tricks like okay look over it i'm gonna pretend like i'm april you pretend like uh, actually i don't know if you remember landlines back in the day before uh, cell phones yes yes <laughs> but that's where we'd really get in trouble because my my sister would always rush to the phone first and if it was oh. someone calling for me she would pretend that she was me and our voices sound identical. Um, we're identical twins, and so um, that always got us uh, got us in hot water. And um, and then growing up, when we were even younger, I'd say in like kindergarten, we tried to switch classes uh, a few times, and <laughs> eventually we got caught because um, she was painting that morning and put blue paint in my hair, and the teacher noticed and. Um, we got caught and we stopped doing that, but, uh, but definitely mess with the boys. And um, yeah, it was a good time. Doing it was a good time. What, what high school, by the way, I know the keys a little bit. 
Marathon High School in Marathon, Florida, the heart of the Keys. It's, I think, the only high school option, an hour in each direction. Um, So I was just talking to one of my team members today who's from Hawaii, and she was saying she grew up in a small small town. And I said, how small? I bet I can beat you. Um, So we had 60 people in my graduating uh, senior class. Wow. How how about that? How about that? Everybody on the island, were they involved somehow in the tourism or the or the fishing industry or something like that? You got it. It's all about tourism. And, um, you know, anyone I think that could really make it down in the Keys professionally and and make a career, it had to do with some type of tourism or like you said, fishing. But um, Mm -hmm. I don't think most people moved down there to get into the commercial fishing. That was more Mm -hmm. for, you know, the recreational sport. I see. Okay. All right. So entrepreneurial bug early on from your parents. Now, did you know when you went to, you went to UNF, right? UF. U of F, huh? Go Gators. Go Gators. (laughs) Uh, Did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur when you were in college or no? Because you majored in finance. I always was very I think driven and uh, from a young age had kind of started some side businesses from my first job was when I was 14. And I always had like a couple, a couple things going. And it was always like, how can I make money? You know, like during college, I would get my uh, football tickets and resell them on the street before the games to the wealthy (laughs) businessmen that were coming back to watch, to watch the games. And I would, you know, profit off of that. And so Mm. I think I always was very entrepreneurial from, from the beginning. And, you know, I grew up wanting to be a chef actually. Why is that? Why, why is that? Where'd that come from? Uh, Well, (laughs) two things. So it stems from uh, my mom, really, she tried bless her heart, but she was a terrible cook. And so out of necessity, <laughs> growing up out of necessity, truly needing to learn how to um, create food and cook. And um, I learned to love it. And then my grandfather was a baker for Hershey. And so oh, cool. I was exposed to a lot of uh, more of the sweet pastry side with him. Um, but I just really grew to love the art of food and making people happy through through the experience of sharing a meal and food. And um, in high so school, my mom, mm. oh, well, I was- yeah, you, were, you were a foodie, you were a foodie early on. So you're a foodie through high school, a foodie in college, even though you were majoring in finance. Totally a foodie, um, worked in restaurants all through high school and then into college. And I felt that if I had a finance, a business finance degree, that would really be applicable to all industries and all things in my future. And so it was really like a one size fits all that if I could do that first, um, I could build, build upon that in the future. Okay. But you loved the food. You loved the rest. Did you like the restaurant industry? That's a tough industry. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I think my challenge with it um, is really that I loved the front of the house as much as the back of the house. And that was also my kind of biggest aha moment in 2004 when I graduated, um, when I graduated college, I was like, what am I going to do? Am I going to go on to culinary school or get a job, you know, working in a restaurant? And I then discovered catering because it brought together the best of both worlds. You know, I didn't want to just be in the back of the house with chefs yelling and throwing pans. And um, I was always a waitress and loved communicating and experiencing um, the front, the front of the house with guests as well. And catering brings together both of those 
both of did those you things. read the have you read the book kitchen confidential by anthony bourdain yes i have he's amazing is it true are all those back it's kitchen stories true. true it's all true no it <laughs> is but also i think that is the um just the crux of what makes footers catering so special is that we want to revolutionize the hospitality industry and we we don't feel that it has to be the way that it's always been and you know kitchens have a bad rap and it's true i've worked in many of them and all those things are absolutely true Throwing, um, throwing throwing food at each throwing other, food, throwing pans, yelling, screaming, <laughs> degrading. Um, it's really a very disrespectful place. Um, and by having, you know, at the core of everything that we do with footers catering um, to create a great place to work, we have really transformed our culinary team and kitchen. And now we're teaching other caterers around the country how they can do the same. We're very, so you don't, very you, you don't, you don't let the chefs like throw stuff at each other and all that you know none of that huh we have just like the happiest most amazing kitchen culinary family and it's beautiful i'm so it's the one of the things i'm most proud of well now i'm gonna remember you said that next time too your chef's getting a fight about something (laughs) no come and see it next time you come over here we'll have lunch you get to check it out so so let's um let's let's back up just for a second so before Footers catering before that. Okay. You, so did you, you were doing some catering on your own or as an individual, were you married? Walk, <laughs> g- g- give it, give us a little history there before the business as it stands today, if you don't mind. Sure. So I graduated college with my business finance degree and was really soul searching to figure out my next steps. Okay. And, um, I had put myself through college, through scholarships, and then also hard work to pay my way through school. So to take on more school debt really wasn't something I was excited about. And so I interviewed a lot of executive chefs and you know, they unanimously agreed that you could earn your stripes in the culinary world by working your way from the bottom up and getting experience. And so I decided to go to the top caterer in North Central Florida, uh, Celebrations Catering, and I met with the owner. I'm like, I'm 22. I just graduated college. And one day I want to own a catering company and I need to learn all the positions. And okay. can I wash Can I wash dishes? And I wow. actually... I asked her if I could wash dishes and she's like, are you crazy? And I was like, no, I really want to wash dishes. And um, I was very intimidated by the huge industrial dish machines. And if you've ever seen them in kitchens, they're, they look way more intimidating than they are. It turns out it's super easy and fun. You can have fun washing dishes. You've got this like industrial sprayer to spray everything down and then you put it in the machine and all you have to do is pull the lever. And so it's really, I mean, it's mindless job, but it's hard work. It could be made fun. I showed everyone how to make it fun. I did that for, um, for just a couple of weeks. And then I quickly moved into the kitchen and worked, um, all the different positions of the kitchen and four months in the executive chef walked out and just did one of those kind of stereotypical chef moves and said, I quit. And, you know, a lot of expletives came out of her mouth. And um, I guess that was the fourth time that she had done that in a couple of years. And so this time they said, we're not, we're not bringing her back. And they, they offered me the the opportunity, I guess, to run, to run the kitchen. And it was, 
I looked at it as my apprenticeship, but I got paid for it instead of having to pay for it. Um, I worked out of, of love of what I was doing. I worked a hundred hours a week and I was the happiest person you've ever met because I was, you know, I felt like I was living my dream and getting my experience to eventually, you know, fulfill my future one day. Where were you, where were you living? What town? Gainesville, Florida, Gainesville. Gainesville. Okay. Living on your own, like a little tiny apartment, married. Where were you living with family? What were you doing then? I, that was so straight out of college. I had a few roommates and, ah, okay. uh, you know, but I pretty much just lived at, at work, <laughs> but it well, was great, right? Cause after events, I would get to bring home some leftovers. And so I get my dinner taken <laughs> care of. I wake up early and get to work by, you know, at least by six or 7.00 AM. And um, it worked out. I really can well. just see. I can visualize the the head chef quitting, and they're looking at you like, "April, congratulations! You're up. You promoted. You're promoted yeah. the head chef." <laughs> and now I now I understand it a little bit differently, but uh, but it was a great opportunity at the time. At first, you're like, "Oh shit, I don't know what I'm doing," but this, yeah, cool. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, I had you know a winning attitude. That's something I think my dad taught me at a young age that uh, your attitude can really determine your latitude and take you a lot of places. And so I was up for the challenge. Okay, how did you get to Colorado? So my twin sister graduated from University of Florida as well in 2005, and she is in the medical industry and got a great job with um, St. Anthony's Hospital at the time Okay, and moved out to Denver. And I came to visit her and I was just really kind of um, absolutely loved, loved the work I was doing, but it was still in a college town. My parents had left Florida. Um, Now my twin sisters moved across the country and that's really all I had. And so I followed her out here and I uh, never looked back. Anything that fit in my car, my, my car and my cat. <laughs> <laughs> did you and have a job or did you just say, Hey sis, I'm going to, I'm going to crash on the couch. Please, I find something here. Yeah, I didn't have a job. Uh, I just, I knew that I would find something and leaving the catering company that I was uh, an integral part of, I think was a real challenge on both sides. It was hard for me to leave and it was hard for, for them to have me leave, but, um, they understood. And yeah, I got out here and started looking at companies and I found, um, paradise bakery in Boulder, Colorado, Mm -hmm. and they had multiple locations at the time, but I just fell in love with their concept and how they cook everything fresh every day. Um, on site. It was just a beautiful concept in my mind and they did corporate catering. So of course I, I like that as well. And, um, so I got on board with, with them and quickly kind of, I guess, climb the corporate ladder with that organization. <laughs> but the whole time you had the entrepreneurial bug and you're thinking, I want to do my own thing eventually. Was that, was that in there the whole time or were you just enjoying life? For sure. And- yeah. No, okay. it's always, yeah. That's a great, um, a great point. It's always there. I think, you know, it was a wonderful opportunity for me to gain more experience. I, um, quickly started running Paradise Bakery's um, corporate catering program. And then okay. I was recognized for top catering sales in the country in the 34 year history of the company. And I, you know, was really proving myself as a saleswoman in front of the house and kind of adding, adding tools to the toolkit. Right. And so I think there is an opportunity to learn the hard way, or you can learn through experience, maybe while getting paid on someone else's <laughs> dime, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Were you like, Hey guys, this is cool. I really like working here, but just so you know, I'm going to start my own business pretty soon. <laughs> no, actually I, I could have been there for a lot longer. I was there for 
you know, three and a half years. I helped, um, I think at one point we had 11 Paradise Bakery locations. I helped them open multiple locations at the airport. Uh, it was great experience. A wonderful. What's that? Great experience. Did somebody buy them? So that's what I was going to say. That was the turning point in 2008. They got bought out by Panera. Yeah, that's right. And then really it started to see some things change. And for yeah. me, I'm, I'm just a small town girl, you know, and I love the, the feeling of a smaller company mm -hmm. that feels like family. And, um, you know, when Panera bought the company, just some things started to change and it just felt different. Uh -huh. um, and that's when, when I kind of had to, you know, part ways with. Yeah, with understood. Now, when you parted ways, did you start your own thing right away? I didn't. I, um, I joked that I was retiring early and I packed everything up. I put everything in storage for a year. Um, I didn't last a year, but I went down and traveled Central America and spent some time with my parents on their boat. Uh, wow. Oh, cool. That, that's and totally. six, six months off. So. That's totally cool. That's totally cool. Sailing around in the Pacific and going to islands and stuff. Awesome. That's pretty cool. So now just you and them? It was, it was just us. Um, and yeah, I think I just needed like a little bit of a break from the corporate world at that time. Was your, was your dad like, okay, we're glad you came to see us, but what are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> um, he probably had some of those thoughts for sure. <laughs> Um, but I also, he was probably confident as well that I'd figure it out eventually. <laughs> uh, okay. That's pretty cool though. That's a pretty cool story. Six months on the boat. Are your parents still doing that? Living on the boat, traveling around? They are, they are. So now wow. see that was gosh, 13 years ago or 12 years ago. Wow. I was there. Um, so since then they are now six months on their boat in Mexico and six months, um, in North Carolina, they have a house on the like Blue Ridge it. Parkway. So uh, it's a good balance. Great, great places to visit. <laughs> pretty cool. Okay. So you do the six months, then what? Then you're like, okay, I'm coming back to Colorado. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I should mention in 2005 at the Denver Metro Chamber of Commerce at a networking mm -hmm. event, I met Anthony Lombados, who is now my husband. All and right, Anthony. that's kind yeah. of where our story begins. And I would always see him at events. And at that time, he was running his father's catering company, Footers Catering. Oh. Yeah. Right. And every time I'd see him, I'd just say, oh, my gosh, that is so cool that you get to run your father's catering company. You must just love it. And he's like, yeah, like, it's fine, you know. And he, he never really, like, loved the operations, like, the event side of the business, uh -huh. quite like I do. Okay. He really loves the, um, the coaching aspect and growing people and the finances and kind of that okay. side of the business. Okay. All and right. so we became friends over the years and we always joke that a few times he tried to hire me and I told him that he couldn't afford me, <laughs> which is true, but also it's <laughs> kind of a joke. Um, and so we had been friends and after I went sailing, I came back to Denver and we ran into each other and, um, yeah, was I guess. there any, was there a spark now? Was there any like sparks or anything at the chamber meetings where you kind of like, Oh, he's kind of cute. Like, I don't know. I feel so. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to tell you this. You're not going to blast this <laughs> on the internet and tell everyone. Right. So this is just between you and me, Steve. Um, that, I, well, but... I'm a, well, go, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> this is going to be in the podcast. Oh. Go for it. 
Um, no, I'm just kidding. He, um, yes, there were always those sparks. And, yeah. Okay. So you uh, had them from the, from the beginning. Never acted from the beginning. on them. Okay. All right. All right. But, yeah. you, but there was something was there from the beginning. Okay. It was always okay. professional. Okay. But, okay. Um, but yeah, so when I got back in 2009, I connected with Anthony again, and um, it was still very professional. Um, but then that were you, were you were you waiting for him to like make a move? Were you like, come on, man, don't you feel, don't you feel, don't you like, come on, what, what are you waiting for? <laughs> okay, seriously. So yeah. my husband is a very good dresser, and this is okay. maybe before like really good dressing became like a thing. Okay. So he was, he was <laughs> fashionable before guys were fashionable. Oh. So right, I'm not sure. Right. I could have questioned if he was like a metrosexual or if he was like <laughs> in girls. I didn't know. And I just like wasn't really <laughs> what I was trying to do. I was trying to keep it professional. Um, but then his dad was, um, so his dad started Footers Catering in 1981. Okay. And Anthony started running it in 2004. Because his dad then was running a restaurant in Denver called Bowers at the time. All right. All and what right. happened was his dad was looking for a salesperson at Bowers. And so Anthony brought me in to, you know, interview oh. his dad, Jimmy, for, for the sales position. And okay. during the interview, I guess Anthony realized like, yeah, you probably don't really want to work for my dad. Um, and so his dad said, well, you know, you should come in and have dinner at my restaurant. And that's when I teed it up for, for Anthony. I said, well, I need a hot date. <laughs> boom. There it is. And there so, it is. Boom. Right there. Yeah. So Jimmy, right. Well, Anthony will go with you. And, um, ah, and so, yeah, so it was uh, Monday night at 6 PM and we thought it was totally harmless. We weren't sure if it was professional or personal dinner. We didn't really know what, what we got into, but yeah, what are um, we doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> four hours into the dinner, we realized it was a date and uh, we right. never looked back ever since. So very yeah. cool. Oh, very good. You guys have kids now? We do. We do. Yeah. We have, uh, we have two children. My daughter is four and our son is six and a half. Oh, no, wow. wait. My daughter's four and a half. My son is six. Oh boy. Running a running a company together and growing and raising two toddlers—that's not an easy thing. It is not. That is <laughs> an understatement. It is a daily a daily challenge. <laughs> two little humans that I'm learning you can't control. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Very good. So, what's the separation now? Uh, you kind of touched on it a, a bit before, but right now, so you run it together. I'm assuming his dad's not involved. So yeah, so we, um, Anthony had looked at buying the company previously from his father and okay. it just, it was a lot for him as one person. He didn't believe he could scale it to the next level on his own. Okay. And so we, we looked at doing it together and it, it made sense. So we split the company right down the middle and I oversee all of the operations. So our in-house, um, rental division, all of our culinary, um, and then, our in-house um, training program for all of our staff. And then okay, okay. Anthony oversees the financial component and sales component of the business. Well, you so know what that means. That, that means he's like, that means he can put money in some weird offshore account that you don't know about. And, and, right. I know. I keep a close <laughs> eye on it just in case. <laughs> uh, uh, how many employees uh, today? 
So, you know, we're rebuilding right now with COVID, um, yeah. but yeah. pre-COVID, yeah. we had 50 full-time and 120 part-time. Wow. And I would say that our, our business model is we hire and train everyone in-house and we never use any temp staff on our events. That makes us really unique, but it also really um, increases the level of service that we can provide for all of our clients on their events. It also and, creates a more stressful payroll stretch for you when you're paying people and you don't have any events going on. <laughs> oh, during COVID. Yes. No, that was, that was crazy. Um, but you know, we, um, yeah, we've really stuck to that model since we bought the business in 2010 that okay. we're going to hire and train everyone in house and uh, they're members of the footers family. And we really, you know, we don't just say that we live by that. So right before we hopped on this call, I was having our um, family meal. We do family meal every day here. And I think there was about 35 people, maybe more, um, having lunch together today. And we all take a break at noon. There's an announcement that goes on the loudspeaker. We go and just have some connection together over a meal and then get re-energized to get back to work. That's pretty cool. I like that. Now, Let's talk a little bit about going through COVID. We don't have, we could do a, we could do a full podcast podcast yeah. on just that one topic, but let's just touch on it just a bit. So yeah, catering businesses during COVID, you know, as, as you think about the different types of businesses and industries that were hurt the most, like, you know, you're in that group, right? You're in that club. <laughs> you're, yeah. It's not a club I wanted to be in. Yeah. Right. I mean, damn, can you give us just a, I mean, there had to be, I'm sure there had to be a lot of sleepless nights, right? With you and Anthony thinking, holy shit, like, are we, is this, what, is it over? Like there had to be some super scary times in there. Oh yeah. So I describe it as the most traumatic time in my life. And I don't take that lightly. I really truly mean that. Um, we were under so much stress um, and duress watching just the rug, you know, get pulled out from under us. Um, yep. For the whole year, we were down 70% in revenue last year. But wow. when, when you work so hard to, you know, to just be growing over the years, and then you're not allowed to have gatherings, and have events, and you just see it just cancel, 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 cancel. Um, yeah, it's, it's heart wrenching and devastating. But I think even more than the financial component, what really bore on me was our team, right? Because mm -hmm. not only were they fearful for their jobs and the company, um, they were fearful for their safety and their families and what the world was dealing with. It wasn't just, it wasn't just like our our revenue. Like mm -hmm. we had always saved for a rainy day fund, and okay, good. you know, kind of. My husband actually teaches all over the country to caterers on how to run a financially um, stable company. And one of the biggest things is that six months rainy day fund, similar to how you should operate your personal finances in case you ever get let go or something happens. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, so our business, we knew we were going to be okay. No one knew that it was going to last for as long as it did. Um, and we told our team, like, we, we want to stand by you and commit to you. If you, if you want to dig in and be a part of this, but the pivot was tough. I mean, we, we turned into full-time delivery drivers. We were no longer doing full service off-premise catered events. You know, mm -hmm. we were doing delivery experience packages and really anything we could do. We did mother's day deliveries, Easter deliveries, uh, father's day deliveries, like any, any holiday that we could try to capitalize on and ask for support from, you know, from our clients and community. And 
but yeah, I think the the hardest part was just, we had worked so hard to build, build the footers family up and create opportunities for our team. And then, you know, just to see the uncertainty and having to go in every day and reassure them that we're going to get through this. But really as, as business owners, not knowing a lot of answers, right. Right? like we didn't know <laughs> you're held either. So then right. we're having to go home and like, give ourselves a pep talk. <laughs> like we yes. have to be there for them, lean into each other. Um, but you know, it's, we have the most incredible, incredible members on, on our team that carried us all through it together. How many uh, people that ended up getting laid off? Like what percentage of the team do you have back at this point so far? So we, so it was really interesting. The timing of COVID was right before we would hire for the season because it happened in March. Um, And normally we'll do a hire in April for the summer. And then we hire again in September for the fall. And so for all of our hourly, we, um, hourly team that was on board, which it was a pretty small group. I think there was about 25 at that time. Um, We, we furloughed them. Um, We gave everyone a, um, a pretty hefty stipend to like cover expenses for a couple of weeks. And this is before the unemployment credit kicked in. So the, the amount of guilt that we felt as business owners, even having to do that was just extreme. So Mm -hmm. we created hotel pans for hope for all of our furloughed team members. And a hotel pan is a pan that has 20 servings of food in it. And what we would do is every week we would, cause we had massive amounts of inventory in our cooler and freezer. I see cook a meal every week. And for all, you know, 25 ish furloughed team members, they would come back every single week and get a new pan filled with food. So we call it hotel pans for hope. And what it did is it created the community and connection. It kept our team engaged. You know, it was like people were dealing with mental health issues and depression. And like I said, scared for family members or themselves, their job, the world. Um, And so we were able to create that and it lasted for four months. I would say about two, two months in, I think is when the unemployment credit um, started. And so that really helped because now some of our team members were making more on unemployment than they were working for us. So we would just check in with them and kind of gauge how that was going. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for our full-time salaried team members, there were right around 25 at that time. And Mm -hmm. I think three chose to leave because they they actually yeah. got out of the industry altogether. I think it was a good good time for people to just take stock in their life and what motivates them and what they want to keep doing. And um, and yeah, for everyone else, we we carried them through, and we just wow. all knew, like we committed to each other, that we were all going to do whatever it takes to get through this together. And I have never seen a team lean into each other more and trust each other more than our team did during COVID. And I will say one of the biggest benefits is that we all made it through together. And so we're connected on an even deeper level than we were before. Right. I mean, now it's like anything that happens on a (laughs) weekly basis, you're like, whatever we 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 got through through war yeah Yeah. right i mean it's almost like hey we stormed the beach in normandy like after that everything else is easy (laughs) right it probably felt like that at times yeah wow uh congratulations love what you did with the food by the way with the excess inventory and and giving the food away with them coming back once a week great idea Thank you. Love that. Love that. And um, I got to say, I, you know, I supported our team giving the food, but they really took it and made it 
what it was, you know, nice. and that the, um, just the ownership in taking care of the team, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they created hotel pants for hope and how it was going to be a weekly thing. We created a website called nacho average chef. <laughs> really? <laughs> post, like blogs on what people are doing and just anything to stay connected. We posted a video of the hotel pants for hope. And, uh, so yeah. Great. Love what you did. Wonderful that your team pulled through that. You're right now for any of those full-timers that are with you now, you guys are super bonded. Uh, you may have some of those employees for the rest of their career. I know turnover is always part of it, but wow, that's great. Uh, did it bother you? I mean, during some of those periods where, you know, you can't host an event, but you go over to Walmart or King Supers and there's four, 300 people in there and you're like, well, why can't I have an event with masks? I mean, what are these people are in here. Sure. Did that, did that, did that frustrate? I had to, I mean, yeah, I think that. the biggest frustration is the, the rules were changing daily, mm-hmm. weekly. No one really knew what was going on. What are we allowed mm-hmm. to do? Is it state? Is it county? Is it, you know, mm-hmm. the country? And, um, I think it was to, to a certain extent, like the blind leading the blind. Right. And so, yes, it was so frustrating. And, um, you know, it challenged us to have to get innovated and pivot. And, you know, I know some companies that from around the country that just closed their doors right away or laid everyone off. And we said, like, we got to at least try something, you know, right. we can't just kind of throw in the towel and just say, like, we're going to wait to reopen our doors. And um, I'm just, yeah, it was like we were tested. Right. So when you're when you're in those times, those things are so frustrating. And it's like, how can so. Walmart have, you know, 500 people, but we can't be operating yeah. our business. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and no, I don't agree with, with all of that necessarily, especially because it was our livelihood, our team's livelihood. That yeah. Was yeah. Um, yeah. But everything yeah. that we did, we made sure that it aligned with, with our reputation and the quality of a company we are. And so, you yeah. know, these packages, we created tons of packages for nonprofits so they could do virtual fundraising galas online. And oh, we, cool. I mean, at one point we went to three different homes all over Denver delivering these packages, but they were beautiful. They felt like gifts when you received them, you know, and it's like, that's a butter's package. And we made sure that we didn't, um, I guess, cheapen anything that we, that we provided for our clients and their guests during that time, because we wanted it to still represent our brand. What's the first big event you've had since, since we can quote, get back together. (laughs) Um, you know, in the, in September, it opened for just like, that was real fun. Oh, we had to ramp up just to get closed down again. Yeah, so right. I remember that. Not, yeah, I remember that. Go ahead. Yeah, there was like a couple of weeks. So that was really interesting because we knew we couldn't bring people back on board and then just have to like let them go. Um, so we did a few fun events in September. We were able to do up to 275, like indoor, outdoor. So that was exciting. Um, and now let's see, we've got all kinds of, all kinds of fun things on the books. I mean, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you're booked. Opened. <laughs> yeah, you're probably booked. I mean, how far out are you booked right now? We are pretty much booked through October, okay. and uh, right around the fall is when we'll start to fill up for you know holiday parties, December, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you made it through. I mean, doesn't are you just like? <sighs> are you a little bit like? <laughs> well, you know, and then we. We had our side project already in the works. We, during yeah, let's COVID. Let's talk about it. 
Let's yeah. talk about the side project. I don't know if I've had a chance to take a breath yet, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was looking you up and I was getting ready for the podcast, I'm like, okay, catering business through COVID. Okay, that was hell. I'm sure they've been through hell. <laughs> I'm looking at that. And then I'm looking over here and I'm like, wait a minute. They also bought like a an event center, like that that nobody could go to during right. COVID. So they so they got a catering business and suffering, and then they're investing in a building. I'm like, okay, yeah. uh, damn, they've been yeah, it was here. a tough year. When you talk about last summer, sure, we looked at throwing in the towel. That was definitely one of the options on the table. I mean, we put all the cards out there and tried to see what what made sense, and a lot of real deep heart level conversations that Anthony and I had to have. And then we also had to have some really deep heart level conversations with our team, you know, mm -hmm. cause we're like, look, if we're going to do this, we're, we're doing it because of you and with you, right? Like mm -hmm. we wouldn't be able to build out a new facility and add an event center and all of these things if, if it wasn't for our incredible team, right? Like mm -hmm. they're the fuel that allows us to be able to do this. It's not, it is not just me. It's not just my husband. It's, it's not just our 40 years in business and our reputation. It's like the team that is in it day to day, making it happen, creating those experiences mm. that allows us to continue to grow. And we wanted to do it for them to create more opportunities. We have managers that have been with us for 15 years. So how do I get them excited to stay for 15 more years? You know, how do I get them? How is this like their forever home? And so it's creating opportunity back in 2019, the end of 2019, we uh, bought our new building. It's a 40,000 square foot building in Arvada, right okay. near um, kind of Wadsworth and um, near Old Town, like Wadsworth and I-70. Okay. And our vision was to build out a new home for Footers Catering with a brand new commercial kitchen and also add an event center that could hold close to a thousand people um, and also get a liquor license, which was a new opportunity okay. for us to add some some new revenue streams to the business mm -hmm. and then you know we started the plans and we're working with our architect and our contractor for the build out and then <laughs> COVID happens so right wow. as like planning at the city of Arvada like they had approved everything we were getting ready to break ground that's when the world was falling apart and we were trying to figure out do we move forward or do we just push pause do we hit stop on everything um, and we decided to, to persevere and we decided that we have not worked this hard to not keep working this hard. And so it was during the darkest days during COVID last summer that, that we decided that we need this as a bright light at the end of this tunnel for our team. Okay. And, um, it was like a six to eight month build out. And we just moved into our new space of February, 2021. And so now we've got our new home social capital. And it's the home for Footers Catering and then also our sister company, My Tribe, and that's an education company around heart leadership. Wow. So Social Capital, by the way, for the listeners, it's socialcapitalevents.com, socialcapitalevents.com. And then- and it is capital spelled with an O-L, like a capital building. That's right. Yep. Sorry. Thank you yeah. for that. And then, and then on Footers Catering, it's footerscatering.com, just like you would think it would be spelled. Yeah. Okay. Very good. And plus, April, she really likes it when people send her a bunch of sales messages on LinkedIn. So you can go to LinkedIn and, <laughs> and connect with her and then like send her a bunch of messages for you trying to sell her stuff. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, um, so, so that's where the office is and the commercial kitchen where food gets produced and you have a, an, an area to, to do events, whether it's weddings or whatever. Yes. 
So okay, our event center good. can hold, I think, plated around 600 seated and then uh, cocktail parties close to a thousand. So what about can you have a, like a little bar that's just open every afternoon for like regulars to come have happy hour? Is that are you <laughs> going to do that or no? <laughs> we might. We might. Uh, yeah. OK, I might have to drop by <laughs> <laughs> well, anytime. <laughs> Um, wow, I can't believe that you ended up opening a site, a facility, going through a build out, and you owned a catering company, and you made it through all this. By the way, did, I'm, I'm assuming you got all the PPP loans. You guys probably qualified for everything. I'm assuming you we did. We received um, the PPP at you know last summer, and that was really a saving a saving grace right. for us, absolutely. And yeah. then the second round of PPP came out recently, um, probably yeah. I think in the spring. Um, and we were able to qualify for that. So those Very things good. have been yeah. huge. And, you know, not only keeping people employed, which is, you know, the backbone of our business, it's a, the people business, right? Like we have to have great people on our team to make it, to make that magic happen. So. Very good. Congratulations on making through making it through everything. And uh, you can tell Anthony, I said, congrats too. Is it tough working with your, uh, yeah, we talked about it a little bit. I mean, there's gonna be times <laughs> when uh, like you and your husband, you're like, okay, you kind of like a little bit added a little bit at work about something. And then, <laughs> then you come home and he's still getting on your nerves. And then one of the kids is crying and you know, you're in the kitchen and you're like, Jesus, okay. I mean, there's gotta be some of that, right? That's funny. Um, you know, I don't think it's as much as most couples, to be honest. Okay. okay. Our relationship, it really started very professionally and respectfully. And we did a great job of splitting the company. So it's very clear lines of my responsibilities and his okay. responsibilities. And okay. we know that at the end of the day, we're working towards the same common vision and goals together. And I really trust and respect um. Anthony's areas of expertise and he trusts and respect mine. And we know that we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for how well we complement each other, you know? And so I think we're both just very grateful to have one another. And we were able to grow the business very quickly early on because we did not have kids yet. And it was, it was full time. It was work at work, work when we're home. And it was 24 seven, what we talked about because we were so excited. And that was a very kind of unique opportunity that, that fueled our growth. You've learned a lot now and you're still pretty young, right? I mean, uh, I'm an old guy compared to you. You know, you just graduate. <laughs> when did you graduate college? Oh, four or something like that. 2004. I'm, yeah. I'm getting up there. <laughs> Trying I to mean, catch up you, with you. <laughs> If uh, you've learned a lot already as an entrepreneur and a business owner, plus you went through COVID, which means you got those scars and those experiences forever. Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like any business owner, especially that was in an industry like yours that made it through COVID after this, nothing. I mean, there's nothing that can phase you learning everything you have at this point. If you could call the 21 year old coming out of the University of Florida and tell her anything or give her any advice. Yeah. You know, what would you tell? What are a couple of things you'd share with her? Ooh, that's, that's a good question. It's interesting because people always like they normally ask if you have any regrets and I'm not into regrets because I feel like everything is a building block for, you know, for the next lesson. Mm -hmm. um, so I think just, yeah, have a zest for life. No, anything is possible. And I, I truly believe if you, if you work hard enough, you have a that great attitude and you're willing to like get in there, you can, you can accomplish anything. And I, I would just yeah, reemphasize that to myself. I've always believed okay. that though. But that's okay. a message that I, I think 
is very important for people to understand, right? And so I've always believed that we all start somewhere and even Bill Gates, like he wasn't Bill Gates when he was 21. You know, I mean, it was Bill Gates, but not the Bill Gates. Like you, ha- right. you have to start somewhere and then you have to really commit to something and work hard. And if you can be crystal clear on what you want and you're willing to work hard and go get it, then you can make it happen. If you want to be an entrepreneur, but you don't like hard work, you might want to do something else for a living. <laughs> Definitely one of the hardest jobs. No doubt. I've always said being an employee is easy. <laughs> yes. Yes. I completely agree. I had no idea what I was getting into. I, uh, yeah, definitely learned, learned the hard way of, of a lot of those things and what it means to be a business owner. Let me ask you one last question here. If you had to define your core purpose in life, you know, April's core purpose, why is she walking around on this blue ball and black space? What's your reason for being here other than your two children and your husband? Let's set that aside for a minute. Sure. What's your Um, core purpose? So my, my why has always been around creating a happy family and a home. And that is really, you know, whether it's bringing together a community, um, our team, creating a great place to work, being at the core of what we're doing with footers, but then building social capital. And we have some other things kind of in the works down the line. It's all about creating that, that family and that home for people um, to, to feel themselves at. Um, so yeah, so that's what I'm, what I'm trying to do in every, in every aspect and not just my kids and my husband, but in everything that I'm involved with. I'm going to guess that when you're throwing a giant wedding party dinner and you're standing in the background a little bit and you're seeing everybody and the music's just right and the food's just right and everybody's smiling and the weather's great. You can feel the vibe in the air that for you, that's probably the magic, right? You probably have the goosebumps. You're like, yeah, this is a good one, right? I'm just guessing. You got it. You got it. And I love it. I love it. Having people come together and creating that for them, being a part of that is, is really, you know, why we do what we do. And, um, and just, like I said, creating that internally within, within the footers family. April, thank you so much for being on the Riderflex podcast and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. (laughs) 